passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And hello, everybody. Welcome to today's post-daily news update. My name is Wei Ting. I will be steering the ship today. Uh, John Pollock is off this afternoon, but he will be joining me tonight for Rewind of Smackdown slash uh, Rampage, exclusively available in the Post Wrestling Cafe. We are starting at our usual time again at 11 p.m. Eastern time tonight because Rampage, of course, is back to its 10 o'clock time slot. But joining me today... This afternoon for the Post Daily News, Andrew Thompson, the youngest in charge. Welcome back, Andrew. What's going on, Waiting? Uh, as you as you add on the the youngest in charge, man, I just reminded me that my birthday coming up in August, so that that title might be going away quite soon, man. <laughs> you will be the youngest in charge for quite a while, okay? Because the way time works is we will always you will always be the youngest compared to us, so. Uh, thank you for, for coming, uh, to the show. And it's been a while, I feel like, since we've had you on one of these. You're usually incredibly busy. So thank you for, uh, joining us on, uh, at least a, you know, partial day off on the site. I appreciate you having me on, man. It's always good talking to you and John. Uh, so of course we have a lot of news to get to. Uh, again, super chats are appreciated here at uh, Post Daily News. If you have anything you want to say, comment, or question, we will read it at the end of the show. Uh, so just leave us a super chat there right now. Uh, some sad news to get to at the very top of the show, um, and this is, of course, the announcement that Melanie Pillman has passed away. The news was announced by her son, Brian Pillman Jr., via social media, and he released a pretty lengthy statement. I will read a part of it, and this comes as follows. Yesterday at approximately 1 p.m., my mother, Melanie Pillman, was pronounced dead. Those of you who know our family story understand that I didn't have the best relationship with my mother, though my sister and I had recently been in touch with her, working to improve that relationship. While I don't spend too much time with her... She would always tune into my Twitch streams and interact with my fans, oftentimes sharing with them old stories about my father and the wrestling business. She had been helping out my sister with her son Asher by purchasing him baby clothes and was obviously, and was on relatively good terms with everyone as of late. Her death, while unexpected, was not surprising. Her lifestyle choices that dominated the better part of the last 25 years of her life had ultimately caught up to her. She was as intelligent as she was beautiful, and her dark sense of humor could make even the biggest prude burst out in laughter. Although I had built up my resentment towards her, uh, I was very proud of her for taking part in the Dark Side of the Ring documentary and sharing the truth about our family story. That was the beginning of us mending our relationship. In this statement, he goes on to talk about 
Uh, his final interactions with his mother, uh, setting some, you know, I would say pretty heartbreaking regret for, you know, do, doing things like not texting her back, not trying yeah. to, not trying harder to break her out of her bad habits and for poorly responding to a, a recently unannounced visit from her. Uh, so, you know, obviously a very sad story. We most recently saw Melanie Pillman, as uh, Brian alluded to here in his uh, uh, message, uh, we most recently saw her uh, on the um, two-part edition of Dark Side of the yeah. Ring, focused around the life and death of her late husband. Uh, and much of that documentary really bring to light um, her substance abuse issues and the mistreatment of her children that followed when she remarried another man. Um, but the, you know, as Brian alluded to, the documentary did conclude with a glimmer of hope, uh, with the two, you know, starting to at least rekindle their strained relationships. So obviously we send our condolences to the family and friends of Melanie Pillman, uh, Andrew Thompson, any thoughts? Yeah, man, that's rough to lose, uh, you know, to have both of your parents gone for Brian. What, what, what is Brian? What he, he's still, he's in late twenties or something. That's, that, that, that's rough, man, for somebody to mm. digest all that. And I'm pretty sure like, I, I, I mean, of course, I never experienced a loss of a parent, but I'm pretty sure that's something that you probably like never truly get over. It's something you probably can cope with as time goes on. You know, I'm pretty sure that, you know, father's memory probably still resonates with him. And then, you know, his mother, he mentioned they didn't have the, you know, I mean, it's well documented that they didn't have the best relationship. But as he mentioned, things started to get, you know, maybe sort of started to tread towards the lighter side as things went on. So, you know, my blessings to uh, his family, man. And, you know, I hope he's able to, you know, digest all of that and, you know, try to keep the best memories possible that he can as far as his family goes, man. And I hope he's surrounded by, you know, everybody that loves him and all that good stuff so they can sort of, you know, keep the spirits up. That's rough, man, to lose both of your parents at the 28 years old, man. That's, mm-hmm. uh, I don't wish that, you don't wish that on nobody, man. So yeah, blessing to Brian Pillman Jr. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, you know, both in the dark side of the ring series, um, and also in this statement, I, I think it's, it's really incredible like how mm, how like i would say mature and also how eloquent and also how just together it, it at least you know it seems um that Brian Pillman Jr comes across uh somebody who's been you know dealing with so many hardships um at such a young age and um i think somebody also incredibly honest you know about about the family and Melody, Melanie Pillman to her credit i i feel was relatively honest in her dark side of the ring interview about her uh, um, you know, um, weaknesses perhaps, uh, as a parent. So, uh, somebody, you know, and, and, and it seems like Brian alluded to perhaps, um, you know, with the line saying how her death while unexpected was not surprising. Her lifestyle choices that dominated the better part of the last 25 years of her life had ultimately caught up to her seems to allude perhaps, you know, in some sort of, um, substance abuse issues, mm-hmm. but we don't have official confirmation on that yet. So our condolences to the family and friends of Melanie Pillman there. Uh, okay. Oops. Oh, sorry about that. It's my camera. <laughs> I was having the camera issues there. Uh, okay. Our next story here. We're here to talk about AEW Dynamite's viewership. Of course, this is a show that was uh, centered around the fallout from Double or Nothing and also Announced later in the afternoon during the day, uh, an appearance from NJF. So a lot of people were very curious about this set of shows and following double or nothing and without NBA competition, Dynamite on Wednesday finished second on cable with their best 18 to 49 demo in over two 
months here. This, according to Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics and Show Buzz Daily, the show averaged 969,000 viewers with a .40 rating. This is the highest total viewership for Dynamite since April 13th and the highest demo rating since March 23rd. Dynamite was number two in cable behind the Tampa Bay versus New York Rangers NHL playoff game on ESPN. That scored a .75 rating in the demo. Uh, Dynamite itself saw a strong increase among males 18 to 49, jumping 27%, with females in the demo dropping 8% from the last week. But most importantly, I think on everybody's mind, after the promo from the uh, claimed second highest minute by minute Mm -hmm. himself, (laughs) how did NJF promo fare uh, in the body of the show? And of course, uh, if you are a patron of WrestleNomics and Brandon Thurston, you receive quarterly breakdowns of uh, all of our pro- all of these programs every single week. Uh, so Brandon has that chart right here. And as we can see, second second quarter of the show, uh, which included from the eight fifteen co- uh, mark to the eight thirty mark. Uh, the finish of the six man tag between CMFTR against uh, the acclaimed. And, <laughs> that is apparently the name, yeah, against the acclaimed and, and the ass boys, uh, and also the start of the NJF promo. Uh, that was the segment that was the highest, not the second highest, but the highest segment of the show, doing a uh, 1,069,000 total viewership with 613,000 people watching from the demo itself. Um, any surprise to you, Andrew, you know, and, and, and what do you, what do you make of all this? Uh, not, not at all. Not in the slightest. Uh, I think a lot of people were very interested. To MJF was like seemingly the talk of the weekend all about like as far as double or nothing goes. Like a lot of people were very curious to see how the match was going to turn out with Warlow and Warlow got the big dominant. It, it's kind of crazy how, um, like Warlow got the win, but MJF was the one that came out of double or nothing more important in it, like feeling more important in a way. Like, is I mean, Warlow, he came out and, you know, he got, Warlow got a nice reaction, but it seems like everything was like more so like was MJF, you know, like, and it, it just seemed really centered around him. So it's, it's kind of funny how that worked, but I definitely am not surprised in the slightest that, you know, a lot of people tuned in to see him. And um, like, as far, as far as like, I know it's like a lot of, sort of conversations about whether people think it's real or they think it's like, you know, something within storyline. Like, like honestly, I mean, if, for me personally, like just seeing MJF over the past few years and even getting to see him do this, like do this stuff in person, it, it can, it's difficult for me to like f- fully buy into the idea that he's been like, like he's always like been like this. So it's difficult for me to buy into that. But also I can also understand the reality of the situation is that, you know, somebody probably wants to get paid for it. The, the amount of money that they uh, you get paid the amount of money for like the att- amount of attention they're bringing in. So I definitely understand that part, but regardless of it, um, it's entertaining as hell. And I think a lot of people uh, enjoyed the, enjoyed the, uh, you know, the promo he cut and stuff like that. And it was a good promo. He, he was talking, he was talking that talk the whole time. And it, I, I don't, he, of, he made a lot of, uh, a lot of fair points as far as like, you know, feel like he deserved to be paid with, you know, other guys are being paid. It, I mean, the promo I think has been actually quite, maybe divisive but i would say for the most part i think everybody respecting the the skill involved in 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 doing it um but the discussion you know even days later heading into the weekend seems to be whether or not aew are uh doing the right thing by you know entering this realm of um story 
whether or not they're doing right by the locker room, um, you know, with a lot of people potentially being kept in the dark about it. Uh, but they're certainly trying here because AEW is continuing to push the story by removing MJF from its roster page. So if you simply go to uh, alleliteWrestling.com under their roster, sort of alphabetically, you can see that MJF is no longer listed. On top of that, if you visit AEW's merch store, you can no longer find MJF apparel, uh, nor nor his, his name listed at all. So, um, you know, they're, they're doing a lot of things, including not posting that segment on any of the yeah. social media, not on YouTube. Uh, really kind of, you know, I would say going a bit more the extra mile, um, you know, yeah. to, to continue <laughs> to push the story. And yeah, and any thoughts? What, what do you think they'll do next, Andrew? That, I mean, I, I, I think it'll just be a thing like maybe like MJF probably, uh, probably like crashes the Forbidden Door show or something like that and tries to ruin somebody, like ruin it, ruin the, the biggest possible moment that AEW could have on that show. Like just, you know, just mess it all up. And I, I, I mean, I, I think at this point it's, I don't want to say it's clear about like what this is, but maybe it's, you know, like you said, they sort of leaning more to like going the extra mile of it. So I, I think the next big thing would be MJF probably, you know, probably, yeah, like I said, probably showing up at that Forbidden Door show and just ruining the biggest possible moment that AEW could have. I don't know which that would be. You would think, like, if you just throwing out ideas, you would think about having something to do with CM Punk and, you know, maybe doing something like that. But I, I'm, that's just spitballing ideas, but. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's gonna be more to come. Like I did like how they uh when he's, when they announced his segment, they didn't tag him or anything like that. They just posted the graphic just to let you know he was gonna be on the show. So I mean, it's, it's interesting for sure. Like I, I think it is debatable. Like as far as like should they go this route? But you know, it, it is something that a lot of people will be tuned into. Just as a viewer, you know, I I mean, it's 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 really interesting to see a mainstream company try to enter this space and to at least try to think on the level of hey how do we you know try to deceive a fan that seems to know everything these days um and and again there's a lot of debate about what might be going too far is you know trying to trick journalists too far is it fair game is trying to trick your locker room too far or is that fair Mm -hmm. game um it continues to be the talk and you know the the blurred lines of reality are often what makes professional wrestling the most interesting so did, we, did, did uh, you have did yeah. you happen to see Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho's tweets about like uh you know if, you, if somebody thinks they're better than somebody or they deserve more money like the little vague obvious tweets about MJF like it's, it's like little stuff like that that it's it's stuff like that that makes me think some people are clued in and maybe some people aren't clued in to what's going on but like also like you really can't tell like it's it is like you said that blurred lines type of thing. Like, what, what, do you like? Do you think it's like uh, like like these tweets? Like, do you think these are more like things that are like, hey, send this out, or how how can we add to this type thing? Or do you think that they're being legit? Like, you, you know, what, what what do you think about it? I mean, at this point, I th- I think it's all just kind of playing into the story. Um, yeah. And you know what? Like, we we wonder, like, okay, like, did Tony Khan have a meeting with everybody in the back, including Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston, to tell them what's going on, or is Chris Jericho and Kingston just deducing themselves? Okay, right. well, we know what the deal is. I, I mean, I also think it's just them kind of wanting to get in on on some of the hype of the action, <laughs> getting some of the attention, uh, uh, you know, uh, swayed over to to them. Uh, Jericho says, for the record, AEW is the best sports entertainment company I've ever worked for. <laughs> and Tony Khan is the best boss I've ever done business with. If certain talents feel they're undercompensated, maybe you're not as good as you think you are. Go elsewhere, please. You'll be begging to come back. So, I mean, you know, I, I think it's interesting. Yeah. That, you know, you have heels and baby faces basically kind of siding uh, against, you know, MJF here in storyline. Um, but, 
listen, it's it's storytelling in the end. Is it compelling? Yeah. So it is. Hey, hey, hey wait, can I ask you something just off the top, real quick? Like, what did you do? What do you think just about the just the balling idea? What do you think about like what MJF would be like if he like just for conversation sake if he were to go to WWE? Like, what what do you do? You even think he would be remotely even like what he is now? Like, I, I it's it's like so much that he does now that like I I just can't see him like ever even remotely doing in WWE. Like, even so much is going to these meet and greets or like being mean to these children. But WWE is not going for that, bro. Like you one of these make a wish stuff and they're, they're not having that, bro. Like, I, I, I can't see, you know, I, the, I mean, yeah. I, I doubt he'd be doing too many make a, make a wishes, make a wishes. You know? yeah, yeah. Like don't talk about like these like little meet and greet things, like with the children want to, you know, yeah. it, I, I can't see it. There will be limits, you know, right. um, I don't think he'd be able to, for instance, <laughs> like cut some of the promos that, 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 that he's cut um on air. But if he were to go to the WWE, I, I feel like he'd be given a, a good deal of leeway. You know, he has proven himself more more than enough times that he is capable of dictating his own words that mm. that he'll be speaking. Um, and I think much like Cody, you know, they I I, I think he represents a, a major part of AEW that I think they would want to translate as seamlessly as possible. From one show to another, I, I'm sure Vince is aware of the criticisms of people right. coming over and and being completely changed. And um, I think you know you're seeing the result of um, the answer to at least some of that criticism in the way that they've been handling Cody, where it really still feels like Cody is the same character that we've seen in AEW. I I, I don't doubt if that happens with Max, that you know the result will be similar. Uh, all right, so that is some AEW news, and over to New Japan Pro Wrestling, where on Friday morning, the Best of the Super Juniors 29 Finals took place, and we have a winner. So, spoiler alert, everybody, if you do not want to know. Hiromu Takahashi has won his fourth Best of the Super Juniors tournament. He is the first man to ever three-peat in successive years. It is his fourth win in five years. He defeated El Desperado in the finals of this year's tournament following a few stunners, a time bomb, and a time bomb too, with the match going just over 30 minutes there. Uh, had a chance to watch it. It was an excellent match. If you're into 30-minute New Japan main events with great counters, a lot of body part work over Hiromu's knee, perhaps maybe the the, the most interesting aspect of, of the match was you know the crowd's continuing growing favor for El Desperado, even against a favorite like Hiromu. Um, mm. The announcers were certainly, you know, seemingly more on El Des- Desperado's side as perhaps the underdog there. But, uh, of course, with cloud ca- crowds, is always a bit dif- difficult to tell. So this seems to set the stage for uh, Takahashi to challenge IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion Taiji Ishimori at Dominion. Uh, mm-hmm. Takahashi also defeated Ishimori earlier in the round robin tournament of the best of the of the Super Juniors as well. So, have you been keeping up with with any of the best of the of the Super Juniors, uh, Andrew, or New Japan in yeah. general? Yeah, I've been, I've been keeping up with it mostly through the results, and I've had a chance to watch a couple matches here and there. Um, I'm planning to go back and watch some this weekend, but uh, yeah, I'm not. They say this Takahashi's fourth uh, uh, best of the Super Juniors tournament winning five years. That's a crazy. Stat. I definitely think they, you know solidify him as sort of the ace of the junior heavyweights going forward and like whoever gets a big win over him in the you know the coming years it'll be a big deal type type thing so i'm, I'm very interested to see what they do going forward and, and I, I haven't had a chance to see the, the the final between him and el desperado but just based off their past work i'm pretty sure you know it was a great match like you just said um and, and you know he did i think he did beat ace austin in the um in the a block uh so i, I think it'll be inter- i know he has said in an interview 
with New Japan that, you know, if he were to get the win over Ace, you know, he'd be interested in challenging for the X Division title as well. So if, if Impact could possibly finesse some type of Hiromu versus Ace Austin match uh, for one of their pay-per-views or one of their upcoming events, I think that'd be a plus uh, for, for them as well. Uh, we actually have quite a few other news and notes coming off of Best of the Super Juniors, uh, one of the which includes Ace Austin, we'll get to in a bit. But first, Juice Robinson had to miss his match uh, against Tomoaki Hanma uh, due to appendicitis here. Um, Kevin Kelly said on the broadcast that at 7 a.m. Uh, on the day of the show, Juice Robinson ha- had to call an ambulance due to intense pain. Uh, he is being treated at a local medical facility in Tokyo. He was, again, uh, scheduled to face Tomoaki Hanma in a non-title match. Hanma instead faced and defeated a young line in uh, Ryohei Oiwa in the opening match. And uh, Juice Robinson's status, at least for Dominion, I have to imagine seems up in the air because uh, we at least have the other side of the equation for that potential match because Sonata also yep. made an appearance on the show. He returned uh, from his own orbital fracture injury because, of course, he had to give up the U.S. title originally uh, due to that reason. He said... At Dominion, he will be challenging for the U.S. Championship. So again, at this point, will that be Juice Robinson? Will he be competing for a vacant title? We do not know. The show is only nine days away. Um, this U.S. title situation has had some pretty bad luck, I would yeah. say, you know, in recent months. With Sonata having to vacate and now perhaps Juice um, very much maybe put into the same situation. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, it's funny because I know New Japan put out a video. And I, I mean, maybe this was all just in storyline, just the just the build up to it. But uh, between the, a, a potential match between him and Sonata, I know they had posted a video, I think, on, like, on June 1st. And it was Juice Robinson. It was a promo with Juice Robinson. He was saying that he wasn't going to be in Osaka for for, for Dominion at the, at the uh you know, for for the pay for the show. So I mean, I think I think that was more so like in the storyline thing. But it is interesting to see how this sort of uh, panned out. But of course, best wishes to Juice Robinson, man. Like. Uh, you know, with his appendicitis for sure. But yeah, the U.S. title scene, like that's a, it's, it's, it's been kind of muddy lately, man, as far as like injuries go and, you know, just bad luck. And, and even when I went to the uh, Capital Collision show, I was not expecting Juice Robinson to leave the title. I really was not. Like that was the last person, like I thought that was going to end up getting uh, getting the belt. But, you know, yeah, best of luck to him, man. I hope he's able to recover smoothly. Some other notes from Best of the Super Juniors. Uh, as we mentioned, Ace Austin was a bit of the talk coming out of the show as he is the latest member to join the Bullet Club. He uh, interfered in the six-man uh, tag match involving the Bullet Club and United Empire, distracting Toa Hanare to allow the Bullet Club to gain the victory. Uh, Ace Austin is the current X Division champion. He joins Chris Bay and the Good Brothers as Impact wrestlers who are currently in the Bullet Club as well. Uh, also important to note that in the press area afterwards, Alex Zane was attacked by his now former friend Ale- uh, 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 Ace Austin and the rest of the Bullet Club. So that relationship seems to be, to be broken. Uh, also on the Bullet Club front, we have the return of Kenta. Kenta made his return here. Uh, of course, Kenta has been injur- nursing an injury since Wrestle Kingdom of January of this year. And uh, no no announcement about whether or not he's medically cleared, although you would right. think that he would be if he's being announced right now. Uh, we also don't know if he has a spot at all on Dominion nor Forbidden Door coming up, but you imagine uh, some presence will be had with his reintroduction here. So this adds to a very strong, I would say, Bullet Club US lineup here. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think that the Ace Austin Bullet Club thing that's going to probably filter more into the impact side of things because you know with Chris Bray they're probably teaming them up you know the two junior heavyweights two X Division guys in the Bullet Club thing 
and especially because uh you know so assuming that you know Jay White's probably gonna be more fixed into the plans of a new Japan guy going on, I'm pretty sure. Well, I mean, I don't know for sure, but like you would think that he'll be leaning more towards working his days with New Japan over the, you know anything involving Impact. So maybe that's a way to like have still that sort of Bullet Club connection with along with Gallows and Anderson, uh, in addition to Ace Austin being in the group, so they can sort of pair him and Chris Bay together going forward. Uh, for a full report of the best of the Super Juniors, please go to postwrestling.com where Karen Peterson has a very detailed report, spoiler-free review of what you can expect, and also some of the highlights and some of her analysis, of course, on everything that's going on with New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. So always tell her work from Karen up at the that, uh that, 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 uh that report that she does, on, I think it's on the weekdays on Saturday. That's great. Like I always try to read through that. It's a, lot of info. It's, a, it's a lot of information in there. A lot. It's a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah, yeah, we're we're just bolstering um our our roster here. <laughs> that of course you and and John do on a, on a and everybody else who contributes to the site on a daily basis at postwrestling.com. Uh over onto some Hollywood news perhaps. Yeah. Professional wrestlers, the latest people to enter or at least maybe further their careers in Hollywood are Liv Morgan and Samoa Joe, who uh, are both involved in pretty notable roles, it seems. This comes to us from Deadline, and we start off here with Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe has landed a role in a live-action TV series based off of the Twisted Metal video game franchise. Joe will be playing the murderous ice cream truck driving clown known as Sweet Tooth, or at least Sweet Tooth's body. Because this appears to be a dual role that will be mm-hmm. voiced by Will Arnett. So, it looks like we will be having Samoa Joe's <laughs> visual with BoJack Horseman's voice. Can you imagine this, Andrew? I cannot, but I'm interested in it. And I know Samoa Joe, I think he has done voice work before uh, the King Shark. And he's in like some other stuff as well. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's always cool seeing wrestlers branch out and do this stuff. But they won't be using his voice. They'll be using his body, uh, it sounds like. Uh, that's that's interesting, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm interested to see how this whole visual turns out for Samoa Joe. But either way, congratulations to him, man. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly it's a it's a big role for for Joe. It seems like you know even uh, even if we're just going to look at him, you know uh, we have a we have Sweet Tooth here. I think I mean Joe in clown makeup will be terrifying as hell. Him behind, him driving that ice cream truck will be crazy as well. <laughs> Um, and this is set to be a pretty relatively big series here. It also stars Anthony Mackie, Thomas Hayden Church, Nev Campbell, and Stephanie Beatrix. So uh, good to see Joe increase his role on Peacock, no less. So you can watch yeah, Joe's WWE cool. NXT career, his WWE career. You could see Joe in the poncho, and you could see Joe <laughs> driving the ice cream truck all on the same network here. Liv Morgan is also set to uh, make her Hollywood film debut. She is set to debut in The Kill Room, a darkly comic thriller starring Joe Manganiello, Samuel L. Jackson, and Uma Thurman. Mm. The the synopsis comes to us courtesy of Deadline. The film centers on hitman Reggie Manganiello, his boss, Jackson, and art dealer, Thurman, and their money-laundering scheme that accidentally turns the hitman into an overnight avant-garde sensation, forcing forcing the dealer to play the art world against the underworld. Liv Morgan will play an art purist who bemoans the vapidness of art dealers. Man, uh, man, WWE don't put that in her bio on the Raw when, when the next episode of Raw, like in movie, starring in movie with Samuel L. Jackson and Uma Thurman. They missing it. They missing it, man. That, that's a, that's a big deal, man. Being associated with these people in these different movies, man. These big actors. That's that's massive, right? They they should try to do everything they can to make sure that they 
get that out there. Dude, even just this deadline article, the fact that their yes. deadline is dedicating an entire article on about Liv Morgan, I, I I mean that's huge. You know, they should it be is. tweeting it, they should be publicizing it the next time she walks out. Absolutely. We saw how they dropped the ball with Sasha Banks being man. the man. Oh my goodness. You know, that, like that, that, they, that that's they, that's a whole different thing, way. It's a whole they, different, I mean it's the same thing. I am I'm agreeing with you, but I'm saying like that's like seeing how they handled that, like you would think somebody being in a Star Wars franchise, you would think that that would just be like plastered everywhere the website just the constant rollouts constant you know videos and retweets and stuff like that so you know ho- hopefully they get it right with live like the, the first thing that i think they should do is like immediately when they when she appears on raw next week add that to the max as far as you can like don't don't, don't let it slip up agreed they crave that mainstream attention so much you know they, they 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 love every single you know tweet or mention of theirs from a celebrity every celebrity b level c level celebrity that attends one of their shows they they make sure to, to show off but when one of your talents you know is, is attached to a project we don't of course we don't know the size of the role you right. know she could just be having like a little kind of brief cameo thing but mm. nonetheless the the the, the your, your job is to promote and to, to make a bigger deal out of, out of something that, that, that it could possibly even be. And to see, basically, Liv Morgan in the same sentence as Uma Thurman and Samuel L. Jackson, absolutely, they should make that a big deal. And that goes for both shows. AEW should be making a big deal out of, out of Joe as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, on to more WWE news here. And that comes to us in the form of the latest in the saga of Lacey Evans. <laughs> where it appears that after... Uh, you know, of course, the string of vignettes that we saw from her uh, talking about her, her, her life on SmackDown to the very strange announcement of her arrival on SmackDown itself. And then the subsequent um, moving of those vignettes and also another announcement and promo on Raw to the announced uh, in-ring debut that we ended up never getting this past Monday. It let well, the now fans down. Millions of fans around the world got let down. Disappointed. Yes, of course. <laughs> Um, now it appears that Lacey Evans has moved back to SmackDown. Um, why? Well, we can only, uh, uh suspect, but uh, yes, uh, this, uh, f- was first reported by Mike Johnson, a PW insider. And, uh, it appears as though internally and also now on their website, Lacey Evans has officially moved back onto SmackDown. Um, this whole thing has been a mess, um, from the start. And, you know, just judging by the promos themselves, I think they, it was something that I think would have been impossible to mess up, but they've taken it across so many different directions um, that, I mean, I'm very curious to know if like, you know, audience, the audiences still have uh, interest at this point. Uh, we can also perhaps look at maybe the recent um, departures of Sasha Banks and, and Naomi from SmackDown is maybe one of the reasons for this uh, late change. Ronda certainly needs challengers, and there aren't many of them at a high enough level on SmackDown right now. So, question is, Andrew, is she a heel or babyface on SmackDown? Yeah, I, 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 you might as well go there. I, I, I never view I can I, I never view Lacey as a babyface. Like I never could. Like I, I think that she fits like good in that heel role. So I think that's the way they should sort of keep her. Like I, I never even thought they should have just. I never thought they should have diverted from the uh, the character that she was playing before she left. Um, to you know, uh, to, to you know, have her baby. I, I don't think that they should have a divert. I think she just came back as like that exact character and you know, lean more to it and stayed on that side type of thing. But I mean, them trying to go the baby face route, like if, if that's what if that's exactly what they're doing, um, I don't know how well it's going to work. But I also think you know, to what you said to your point, it's a thing of like, um, uh, you know, having two of your marquee talents from the women's division 
uh, Marky Talents and the company as a whole, you know, they're not here anymore. So now you got to start. I mean, it, it's kind of funny, like sort of leaning into the point of what, you know, of, of what Naomi, Sasha, Naomi and Sasha sort of uh, right was like you have these different, you have all these different women in this division, right? And you could be sort of sliding them in different positions and sort of building them up. But like now that you have, you know, two of your Marky Talents gone, now you're sort of forced to do that. Like they had, they have to do these things now. Like they got to start putting Lee on TV or Shotzi on TV because you don't have two of your uh, two, two of your top flight talents there now. So I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Lacey. I, I'm I'm really not sure. They, they, I feel like they probably going to run Ronda and Raquel again at some point. Maybe we're going to probably see that again for the third time. So yeah, as far as Lacey goes, like what, what do you think? Where well, you think she's going to be here, little baby face? Well, I mean, you know, the, the Ronda pairing is is the most interesting aspect, perhaps, because I mean, Raquel's a baby face. It looks like, and mm. the show is in need of you know higher level heels. Um, after all the vignettes that they've cut, it's again really hard for me to to see how Lacey Evans can be possibly be a baby face, especially the latest one that she cut, which was pure baby face. You know, like uh, celebrating the veterans. Um, mm. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, um, she, I think no matter what, she should come out here and just grab the microphone, call Vince McMahon a fucking mark and complain <laughs> about the constant moving around back and forth and the just the, the screwing up of, of her entire story that they've done. That's how you, you, you make this person an interesting character from this point. The lazy yeah, of pipe bomb. Pipe bomb. I'm, feel, I, I'm honestly feeling bad for her, and I feel like the audience might at this point as well just for her mistreatment uh, in, this, in this stage. So uh, we shall see if there's any follow-up, maybe as early as tonight on SmackDown. And speaking of SmackDown, we have our previews of tonight's wrestling in Rampage and SmackDown. And again, Rampage returns to its usual time slot of 10 p.m. Eastern tonight. And on the show, we have uh, live from Ontario, California, the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks. This is, uh, of course, the Young Bucks near very much their uh, hometown here. So mm. probably slated to be a major, major, major uh, ovation with the crowd probably just as hot as you saw on Wednesday. And this is a bit of a classic pairing that we've seen uh, many times already in AEW, but, uh, you know, yep. match of the year level, um, I would say. So, uh, this should be a great one. Also, we have for the TNT championship, Scorpio Sky defending against Dante Martin and also That's announced, and also announced the in-ring debut of Athena as she takes on Kiara Hogan. Yeah. Any thoughts on this card? And, uh, yeah, what else are you looking for? Yeah, the, uh, the the Dante Martin and Scorpio Sky match. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I, I, I have I have like very high expectations for this match. I think they're going to deliver. Um, and, and as far as Athena and Kiara Hogan go, that's sort of interesting because they they got like a like like they got like a little past little beef. Like I'm pretty sure it's, it's over now. It's over now. But like they had that little thing back. I think it was like in 2018 because Kiara Hogan that did an interview and she had accused um, the former Ember Moon Athena of like uh, stealing her like girl on fire persona. And like she like open like openly called her out, and then Ember had like responded by like posting um, photos of her like in 2012 or 2013, like with the same hairstyle, like so sort of letting her know that I was I was doing this, you know, before you type things. So that, that's an interesting little dynamic, right? They'd be interesting to see a commentary bring that up. And with um with uh, the the Young Bucks and uh, Lucha Brothers match, I'm 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 like confident that the Young Bucks will win that match because I got a theory. Way I think mm-hmm. that Death Triangle. It's going to take a loss at the Forbidden Door show to Andrade, Roosh, and Tetsuya Naito. I think that's going to be the true. I think that's going to be a trio match at Forbidden Door. Los Angeles versus okay. that triangle. And that Death Triangle awesome. will take the Because I, 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 at first I had thought like maybe they'll sort of go the route of, because I mean, the Young Bucks just got the win over Jurassic Express. So like, 
But like I was thinking maybe the Lucha Brothers could maybe possibly if there was a chance to get a win over the Young Bucks and then go back the route of having a rematch with Jurassic Express. But then I thought I was like, I, I could definitely see some along the lines of Naito, Rush and Andrade getting back together and facing Death Triangle and then doing a big match at Forbidden Door. So, yeah, I think that's the way they're probably going to go. Uh, what you brought up about Ember Moon and Kira Hogan was uh, something that was definitely lost on me that I hope is is at least mentioned tonight because I think mm-hmm. that that is wonderful for, for storyline purposes here. There you yes, go. This comes there you go. From, uh, Fightful exclusive from August of 2018. Kira Hogan on Ember Moon taking her gimmick. My heart sank when I saw that. So, um, that's that, I mean, there's a story right there for you if you wanted it right there. On SmackDown, we have nothing so far. Madcap Moss. No official preview, but yes, last week they did announce the return of Mad Cat Moss. Um, they got to change his name. Like, they got to change his name. Like, just I, 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 if you're going to go back to Riddick Moss, go back to Riddick Moss. Like, I, I think the Mad Cat thing is going to score. Yeah, I think I think most would agree. Um, I think Graves did tease that, like, we're going to see a more serious Moss in, in, in some way. So maybe that'll be it. Maybe this will be the, the you know, um, the return of Riddick Moss or maybe just Moss. Most. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, I think we'll also find out tonight whether or not we'll have any sort of uh, SmackDown matches booked for Hell in a Cell this coming Sunday. That's crazy. We have six matches so far, none of them involving SmackDown talent. So um, this, despite, of course, Ronda Rousey, Andrew McIntyre appearing on the updated poster for the show. So we shall see if we have any involvement from them. Uh, also, of course, on Monday, they were building up the Usos versus Nakamura and Riddle. Uh, no announcement of that yet, you know, and, and you figure they've already done all the legwork for that. So uh, six matches, you know, do they add more uh, from the SmackDown side? We shall see. Uh, did, did you want to go through uh, NXT in your house, Andrew? Let's do it, way. Let's do it. Okay, so uh, NXT in your house comes to us, and I'm, I'm assuming a lot of you guys are forgetting that. Not only do we have Hell in a Cell on Sunday, we mm. also have NXT in your house. First of all, Braden and Davey will be doing a post-show on their Twitch, twitch.tv slash upnextpodcast. Uh, in the main event, we've got Braun Breaker versus Joe Gacy. And if Braun, so this is, of course, a rematch, uh, which, you know, uh, Joe Gacy lost last time. And this time, though, if Braun Breaker gets disqualified, he loses a championship. Uh, what do you think here? Do we see a title change? Mm, nah, I, I think they're going to keep the title on Braun. Like, I, I, especially because the, the whole uh, stipulation, like, I think it's just about sort of getting in Braun's head. And you will probably see something along the lines of, like, he, like, Joe Gacy gives him to that, like, boiling point and he, like, Acts like he's going to hit him with a chair or act like he's going to get him DQ'd and then probably throw him away after that or put him away after that. I have negative interest, honestly, in this match, um, <laughs> in this show. Like, it's hardly to me, I think, a you know, a match that a title defense that feels even worthy of like one of their mini takeovers, much less yeah. two of them. Um, so. I mean, I, you know, the only reason I where I would see a, a title change is if they they have their their eyes set on moving Braun up quicker than than expected. Um, and at this point, I suppose anything is possible. But I, I'm probably with you. I don't see a title change here, despite the uh, odds being stacked against Braun Breaker. We also have uh, NXT Women's Champion Mindy Rose versus Wendy Chu, the North American Championship with Carmelo Hayes versus Cameron Grimes. 
the NXT Tag Team Championships with uh, pretty deadly defending against the Creed Brothers and the women's tag team titles uh, with Toxic Attraction versus Katana Chance and Kaden Carter. And the show rounds up with Legato Del Fantasma versus Tony D'Angelo, Stax, and Two Dimes. And I believe the stipulation there is whichever team loses has to join the other faction. So uh, any any thoughts or predictions for the rest of the show, Andrew? Honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Carmelo Hayes got the call up sooner or later. I, I I really wouldn't be surprised if him and Trey Williams like as a as a duo act. I, I really wouldn't be surprised at all because I think I, I think it's clear as day that they sort of position in Solo Sokoa as like next up to be North American champion. I think that's the way to go anyway. And I, and I think Carmelo and Trick, if you put them like you keep them together, I, I, I think they're gonna be ready now. As far as how you know they'll as far as if they'll succeed in that, I think that's up to one person and one person only. But um, I, I think as far as like right now, as you turn looking to a, a transition to the main roster, I think they're ready. I, I, as far as like the skill, absolutely, yeah, it's apparent that course. it's there. Mm-hmm. You know, whether or not Trick Williams comes along with a package, I think it mm-hmm. remains to be seen because um, they they might want to you know have him um, you know in that system a little bit longer, maybe to develop himself as as a singles. I also feel like there's a chance that they might want to keep Carmelo Hayes on the roster just so that he can have perhaps that NXT major championship run. We've yet to mm. see the the Braun Breaker Carmelo Hayes match, and and that's a program that yeah. I feel like they they should probably get to at some point. So maybe maybe it's a maybe this is his exit at least from the North American division, and maybe to something else. Um, any any other thoughts on any of the other matches here? Mm, nah, not really. Nah, not really. Okay. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, you know what the uh, the the Santos Escobar and, uh, the Legado versus the the um, yeah. Angelo family match that's gonna be. Funny, I, I, I guess. I mean, like, I, like me, me and you have talked about this like plenty of times before. Like NXT, it's like I, 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 I watch it and it's like it's cool. It, it's not like catered to me. Like I enjoy like seeing like the different characters and stuff. Like it's, but I mean, it's. I, I don't have like that much invested interest in this upcoming uh, NXT in your house show. So it's just like you know, I'm gonna watch it though because I mean, I'm covering it. So. <laughs> You know, I, I'm serious, uh, curious to see uh, Wendy Chu versus Man- Mandy Rose. Um, this seems to be at least, you know, the further than I ever thought that they would be able to take this Wendy Chu character, you know? Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I expected maybe at most, like, backstage skits and then just undercard matches, maybe on um, next level, perhaps. But, you know, they, they've at least uh, dedicated pretty much the entire month towards building her title uh, chase here. And uh, I don't think she'll win at all. But, you know, she's she's a very good wrestler. Uh, it's a gimmick that, you know, they seem to be in love with. And we'll see what sort of performance she can uh, uh, get out of here with uh, Mandy Rose. So she's very she's very versatile. I think that, mm-hmm. that needs to be good. She's real credit. Wendy Chu, like she she's done like a variety of different characters um, throughout her time yeah. in NXT, man. Like she, she yeah, she, she definitely deserves her uh, her props for what she's been able to do. Yes. So again, uh, the up next guys will have a full post show at the end of that show on uh, Saturday night. John Pollock and I will be back tonight, first of all, for Rewind of Smackdown and Rampage, but also on Sunday night for our WWE Hell in a Cell post show live here at YouTube.com slash post wrestling. Double Double Ice Cap and Espresso patrons can call in with their thoughts on Sunday evening. Andrew Thompson. Uh, well, first of all, actually, before we get out of here, we have a couple super chats to get to. 
We go to Rory, who sends $8 Australian. Thank you, Rory, for the support. He says, I'm incredibly pumped for AEW, New Japan, and Impact. All producing incredible content. Love the best of the Super Juniors. Love this past Dynamite. And Slammiversary will be great. So, um, you know, Andrew, as somebody who watches seemingly everything, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's hard for me to maybe ask you what, what feels like too much or what isn't, considering that it's your job. But how much mm-hmm. of an appetite do you feel like the audience has for things outside of WWE and AEW at this moment? I think it's a, like, use your term, I think it's a big appetite. I think it's a lot of people that just invested in a lot of different things. Um, there are people, like, this is that hard Impact fans out there, man, who don't pay attention to nothing else but Impact Wrestling. It's, it's people that mm-hmm. just keep uh, fully focused on the independent scene and they're tuned into the, the, the televised stuff. I think it's a, I think it's a variety of different, you know, th- things out there with people. Like even there's some people that may slightly in- interested in what Freddie Prince Jr. might do when he launches his promotion, uh, he said in 2023. So, I mean, I, I think, I think it's a, it's a, it's a lot, a lot of different ways a lot of people can tune into, but I, I am interested in, uh, Slammiversary. I think that's going to be a good show. Like, I, especially, I think a lot of people sleeping on that Eric Young, Josh Alexander match. Like I know, like since Eric Young came back off his ACL injury, like he's, He's been good, but I know a lot of people have sort of been like, um, I don't want to say critical because that, that, that's like overdoing it, but more so um, not as invested pre the injury. So it, it, I, I think that's going to be one of those sleeper matches that, that that's might steal the show. Uh, Josh Hutter's uh-huh. versus Eric Young match and that activated title match that they just added uh, Jack Evans to. That's right. Jack Evans uh, appearing in the promotion uh, last night. Also, the return of Wildcat Chris Harris, hey. Bra- Braden Walker himself. Knock, knock. <laughs> Hey, wait, I was going to ask you, who do you think are going to be the two people in the, uh, it's, it's only, I don't know more versus, um, versus uh, the Impact Originals. Who do you think will be the two people uh, that's going to be on that mystery, the two mystery slots? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, who are the Impact Originals that they can get? I mean, I think anybody who's currently on the roster would be a bit, a bit of a disappointment. So who is out there? It, it, it got to be, it got to be America's Most Wanted, right? It got to be. James Storm, Chris okay. Harris. Okay. Okay. Now, if they... Now, would they have done the Chris Harris like return just like this? I, I, because I, I mean, he, he did confront Eddie X. Like, he had a run it because Eddie X, right? Had, okay, uh, yes, that makes sense. Yeah, he, yes. he had pressed out Shark Boy in the back, and then Chris Harris was the one that pressed. So, you, I, that, that was just me thinking of this. So I was like, oh, they'll probably bring him and James Storm and had the big, you know, the big America's most wanted reunion. So, I, I think that'd be cool. I mean, you know, okay, that does make a lot of sense. Two slots remaining in a reunion of, of America's most wanted would, would make a whole lot of sense. Um, who else could it be? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. But the, you, you, want, you want to know Claire what else Lynch. is going to be? <laughs> you, you want to know what else is going to be good? That Queen of the Mountain match with the for the women's uh, the, the knockouts world title. That's going to be really good. I think it's Tasha Steeles, Mia Yim, uh, Chelsea Green, uh, Jordan Grace, and I just I think it's one more person. I'm forgetting who, who else is in that match, man. Um, but yeah, that, that, that that's that's gonna be a real good. One. I'm I'm really looking forward to see how they format that Queen of the Mountain match, and I think it's like a lot of different ways it could go as far as who's gonna win. We have another eight Australian dollar super chat from Rory. Thank you again, Rory, for the support. And he says, with New Japan Pro Wrestling coming back and feeling close to normal, and Cheers coming back soon, what are you looking forward to in New Japan Pro Wrestling? Also, MJF was fire. Love to ADT underscore. Uh, Rory, I am looking forward to the G1 this year. Um, I'm probably more excited for the G1 this year than I have in many years because 
of, uh, of course, you know, relaxed restrictions and because of, I think, the, the amount of uh, mixing of talents that we've seen from other promotions um, that in, in the best of the Super Juniors. I'd argue maybe this... I would be very disappointed if we got a very similar G1 roster than previous years. Uh, and I'd be very disappointed even if we had a roster that wasn't better than the last time the G1 was around in full force in 2019. Um, I think since then, New Japan has really advanced its relationships with other promotions. And, uh, you know, if if the AEW rumors uh, and the relationships continue to, to, to you know, be there, we could potentially see some very cool dream matches between members of that promotion, members of Impact, and uh, others. So I would say that's really it. Uh, the return of clap crowds. Uh, this, you know, to be quite honest, like the first half of New Japan Pro Wrestling's year, I know the quality's been there, but I just haven't really been interested. Uh, and maybe it's the audience. Um, maybe it's the roster, you know, being very similar, but I'm hoping for a second half of the year for New Japan to be a bit of a resurgence, especially now that they're mixing in the American talents again, or sorry, the North American talents again, I should say. So thank you, Rory. Our last super chat comes to us from Jake, who sends $2. Thank you for the support, Jake. He says, unfortunately, they see SmackDown as the B show. Yeah, in um, reference, I suppose, to our discussion about the lack of matches for SmackDown at Hell in a Cell. Um, that's interesting. I don't know if they necessarily see SmackDown as the B show because um, Roman Reigns is on the show, or at least up until recently, and Ronda Rousey is on the show. So those are arguably your two biggest names in the company in a mainstream sense, and I don't think you just put them there if they see them as a B show. Uh, it makes... Certainly, Hell in a Cell, really interesting about the, the lack of um, Ronda, at least at this point in time, us recording the show. So I I don't agree that they see SmackDown as a B show, but it is definitely peculiar how they... You know, I, SmackDown might be going through something right now because, of course, the rumored match that was supposed to occur was Ronda versus Sasha Banks on this show. They are without that match and thus an opponent for Ronda immediately. And Roman Reigns, you know, was probably had probably had a presence on the show uh, before he announced his, you know, partial hiatus as well. So maybe this is just, um, you know, a number of occurrences that have put SmackDown in this position to not have something notable here. But I wouldn't necessarily look at it as any indication of where they see SmackDown itself. Uh, it's going to be a really busy few weeks here um, in yeah. professional wrestling cover- coverage um, because we've got, of course, uh, In Your House. We've got Hell in a Cell. Uh, we have, when is Forbidden Door? 26. 26th. Yes, and the week before that is Impact Slammiversary. So always plenty of things to get to. And Andrew Thompson will be there to cover all of it, along with his coverage, of course, at postwrestling.com. You can find his latest interview with Allison Kay and Marty Bell over at the Andrew Thompson Interviews YouTube channel. So go and subscribe that. Please pause what you're doing. Give the man a subscribe. Let's get him to 1,000. Let's make that a goal, everybody. The man has <laughs> incredible work. Uh, how, how, what can you tell the audience about this interview? Uh, it, it, was fun, it was fun talking to Marty and Allison, man. They, they, you know, they, we actually recorded that interview at midnight. Cause that was the only time they had available and they, they were like very gracious with their time. Like they was very cool. Like, you know, they, they seemingly enjoyed the conversation. I enjoyed talking to them. So yeah, I, like it, it was a lot of different stuff we talked about, but I, I would say more so I appreciated them for like, you know what I'm saying? Cause like, they, you know, they got stuff to do. They probably just came off a match. Like, you know, it's midnight. I'm pretty sure they probably want to go to sleep, but like, 
you know, I, I really appreciated them being up that late to, uh, to do that interview with me. And they was like, we could go as long as, uh, as they wanted to. So that was cool, man. Uh, fantastic work as always, Andrew. You can follow him at AD Thompson underscore 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 <laughs> underscore under, under, underscore just keep adding those underscores until you find him he's a a great follow and always doing great work again i will be back tonight with john for post wrestling cafe patrons at uh postwrestlingcafe.com uh, and you guys can uh, follow along with all of our work uh, this weekend over at postwrestling.com uh and until then catch you guys later